0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the alliance of the awakened podcast with your host rhett anderson hi guys so if you hadn't had enough of me yet well now you have a podcast to also fill your head with my ramblings um This new podcast, I do hope to eventually get guests on it and people talking about their opinions. I would love to share opinions, um, debate opinions between each other, anything. Anyone that would like to be a guest or anything, please contact me and let me know. I would love to have guests on. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I am Rhett Anderson. I am a co-founder and co-leader of the group Anti-COVID Alliance. We hold Freedom Rallies in Tabor every Saturday at noon. We have done so for eight straight weeks now. We've attended the Edmonton Freedom Rally. We have attended a Calgary Freedom Rally at the Westin Hotel, which is the site of a quarantine. Um, We have attended a Lethbridge, a couple of Lethbridge rallies, one on Mayor McGrath and another directly at the Knights Inn Hotel, which is a quarantine as well. And we have obtained evidence on these quarantines. We have obtained a lot of film and some interviews and things. That can be found on our YouTube page, Anti-Covid Alliance Tabor, or in our Facebook group, Anti-Covid Alliance. It's a private group, but if you request and answer the questions, we will accept you to the group. So for this first episode, though, I wanted to get something out of the way. Because something recently came to my attention um, that I hadn't really considered a whole lot to this point. Um... And that is my past and my who I am and where I come from. And I'm going to be perfectly blunt and honest about it. Um, my fiance Brittany Waugh, has been honest and blunt and brave about sharing her experiences and where she comes from. Meanwhile, I haven't been as open about things. I haven't been dishonest. I just haven't, haven't breached the subject of it Um Frankly, I have a bit of a colored past, but I have worked very hard to dedicate myself to the changing of my life, becoming a better human being, becoming a better father, becoming a better leader of this group, and just becoming a better human being in general, and this group has really helped me to do that, but I don't want to run from my past, and I don't want to seem as though I'm being dishonest with you guys. So I'm going to give you the gory details and tell you who I am and where I come from and where my motivations came from to do what I'm doing now. So I grew up in an LDS family. Both sides of my family are LDS or Mormon for the lay person. Um, It is something I did not go to church from the age of 18 on. I, I originally developed some some misgivings about it in my earlier teenage years. Um, as I lived with my father and mother in their house, one of their rules was that I would go to church and abide by their principles while I lived under their roof. Fair enough. At the time, I probably didn't think so, but eventually at 18, I moved out and stopped going to church, and I haven't been since, although I have gone for Mother's Day and some Christmas events and stuff um, to show support for my family and to and because I know it means a lot to my mom and my dad and my sisters so I came from a Mormon background but my my youth was far from uh structured and um religion based my parents instituted that me and I'm glad that they did because it taught me a lot of family values and a lot about service and serving your fellow man and serving people just just for the goodness of it especially for my dad you know but the but the church itself is very service oriented very family oriented and i'm grateful that i grew up in those circumstances it has helped me find the light at the end of my dark tunnel and i will never deny that it's not something i follow now mainly because i'm a very specific person i like horror movies i like heavy metal i like some of the darker things in life they just appeal to me you know horror movies and scary things and <laughs> zombies and devils and you know i'm not i'm not satanic by any stretch of the imagination i just i love heavy metal and i love the lifestyle and the culture it gave me a place to be when i was young it gave me a person to be when i was young and I've carried it through until my adult years, until today. I still love heavy metal, and I love all kinds of music now. But that's still the basis of a lot of my, a lot of my loves. And um, I play music and record music and things like that. It's 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 a way of personal expression for me that was greatly beneficial to me in my youth, and and frankly, still is today. But I also got involved in drugs and alcohol at a younger age as a teenager i smoked marijuana probably before anything else even cigarettes um i wanted to just to try it you know i've always had a rebellious spirit or a rebellious attitude so at a young age you know my best friend at the time's older brother smoked pot and he smoked it with my friend who came to school the next day and said to me hey man I smoked weed with my brother last night and it was great you know like telling me his experiences of it and i was just like what <laughs> okay i gotta try this you know my my inquisitive spirit and my inquisitive personality would not allow me not to try it and so i did <clears throat> and eventually i became quite a pothead in high school i smoked lots of weed i i Ended up dropping out of school in grade 12, right before exams. But I was going to fail anyways because, frankly, I never showed up. And and uh, I skipped school much more than I was ever at it, as my parents will attest to. And eventually that led me into alcohol and partying and, you know, throwing house parties with friends. And, you know, being a young, dumb kid, like a lot of us are. Mine landed me in some legal trouble eventually. Um... Mostly because I didn't work for a year and a half, and I have always worked my whole life. My dad instilled that in me at a young age, um, delivering newspapers at the age of nine until now. You know, I'm a full-time employee of Roger Sugar. I'm a warehouse foreman there, and I've done well for myself in that regard. But for a year and a half there, I was lonely and wayward, I guess, you know, and uh, drinking and drugs became a part of my lifestyle. And I was arrested for stealing bottles of alcohol at the age of, I believe I was 21, 20 years old. And I continued to steal bottles of alcohol from the liquor stores, just acting like a punk, you know, going to parties with my stolen bottles and showing off and, you know, thinking it was great. And eventually I was selling hash for someone in town as a way to fund my own smoke and my own drinks. And eventually I was caught with over an ounce of hash. It was all weighed out and separated into one gram little pieces. So they charged me with trafficking, marijuana or hashish. And on top of the thefts I had and the multiple breaches I had for drinking while under conditions not to drink, I was eventually remanded into custody. Spent a little under a week there until my Tuesday court date. And then from there i was released and i did not discontinue my rebellious and stupid ways in fact i increased them and eventually all my charges landed me in a uh, four-month jail sentence in the lethbridge correctional center i served i believe in total it came out to like 59 days or something worth of time got out on good behavior continued partying continued being reckless and rebellious And eventually was charged with robbery and unlawful confinement. The unlawful confinement was dropped. The robbery charges eventually stuck. Although I will explain that in a minute. It's not as bad as it sounds. But anyways, I was sentenced to six months jail time for that. This was five years after I had had any charges. I had no charges for five years. Then all of a sudden I got landed with this robbery charge. I was convicted and sentenced to six months in jail time despite my legal aid lawyer telling me that I was going to get off. (laughs) But as many of you who know who have dealt with the legal system, legal aid lawyers aren't exactly inclined to help you beyond the very basics. So what happened was one night my friend and I were coming home. We went to actually go pick up one of my friends, one of my female friends, who had been at a party and said she was having a bad night. She was crying. We went to go pick her up. Went to go pick her up, she wasn't there. Wasn't answering her phone. Must have found that the party was enjoyable after all. So we turned around and decided to go back. Quite intoxicated at the time, mind you. So as we're heading back, across the street is this guy by himself with a backpack on, listening to music, and stumbling all over the road. Now, I'm going to tell you this part honestly. I'm not trying to deflect blame. This is honestly, truthfully how it happened. So my buddy looks at me and says, hey, man, let's invite this kid over. And I was like, over for what? I don't want to hang out with this kid. And he was like, no, 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 let's invite him over. I want Let's get his iPod. We got no music at our house. It literally was as simple as that. And uh, so he does. He goes over there and, hey, come with us, man, pretends to be this guy's buddy. The whole time I'm hesitant. and I'm like, man, I don't want to hang out with this kid. First of all, that was really my first major complaint. And stealing his iPod just didn't seem like something we should be doing either, and something I truthfully was not a part of. Anyways, this kid comes back to the house. <clears throat> We're having some drinks in the backyard. He's not really comfortable with being there. I'm not comfortable with him being there. My buddy's heavily intoxicated and feeling a little bit bullyish, I suppose. And so eventually he takes his kid's iPod and his hat and tells him to leave, says, Get out of here. The kid tries to get his stuff back. My buddy says, no, get out of here, kicks him out of the backyard. We go into the house and start listening to this music. Now, even the kid's statement afterwards, he made a statement on a voice recorder afterwards, which my lawyer said he would use to benefit me and get me off of these charges, where he said that, where he even said that I was not even really an accomplice, that I was just there and it happened. I didn't push him into anything, I didn't force him into anything. I was just there, nor did I stop it though. Nor did i stop it and that was my mistake that was a mistake i would pay gravely for when the police eventually showed up to my friend's house as i knew they would my friend answered the door continued to claim that he did not have the ipod and the hat blah 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 he wouldn't give it up the one of the police officers actually ended ended up pulling me aside and saying hey we will leave here with no charges laid, no nothing. Just give us back the iPod and the hat. And I told them the truth. I said, honestly, I don't know where it is. I don't have it. I said, and I don't know what he have it. Which, what, I don't know if he has it, which wasn't the truth. But I stick to a code where there's no snitching, no ratting. I can't do that. They have to cough it up themselves. I'm not going to do that, right? So said I said, I don't know if he has it, but I will talk to him and see if he'll give it up. They left the house and stood outside. I went talked to my buddy and told him look man i have charges i've tried to keep myself out of trouble i need you to give up that stuff man or i'm going to go to jail he told me he didn't have it anymore he had thrown it away that was his story he stuck to it i told the cops as much and they arrested us both Then charges with robbery and unlawful confinement for bringing the kid to the backyard right that charge was eventually dropped the robbery stuck <clears throat> and despite my lawyer saying yeah we have this taped conversation of the victim saying you had nothing to do with it he says the crown has heard it everything's fine i'll be able to get you off with probably just some probation i said okay great the next week i show up at court thinking it's going to be delayed or i'll get probation and my lawyer simon wood tells me that oh sorry the best deal i can get you is six month jail time and you have to take it today today i <laughs> imagine that i showed up thinking that, oh yeah, I'm gonna get off today, you know, this is all gonna work out. I'd been stressing over it for six months waiting for this court date. And then no, turns out I have to take the jail time that day. So I ran outside hurriedly, had a cigarette, came back in, and then did my time after that. It worked out to about four months served in the Lethbridge Correctional Institution. Now while I was in there, my parents were contacted by a good family friend who worked at the sugar factory who said, Hey, whenever Rat gets out let him know I can get him a job (coughs) to give me a call. So that happened when I got out. I immediately moved in with my parents, having no job or no money at the time, and they were able to secure me a job through him at the Roger Sugar Factory. That was in June of 2011. I have now been there almost 10 years, as it is almost June 2021. I have worked my way up from the very bottom to the warehouse lead hand, they call it, which is a foreman, basically. is just one step below the supervisor. I make a great wage. I have great retirements package. And I enjoy my job, and I'm good at it. Now, during this time, when I got out of jail, I, I had already really resolved to change my life, but I hadn't got rid of the drinking and the partying and stuff like that. And that was really what sucked me back in to that part of my life and to making mistakes and getting arrested. It was in the end my fault. Even though I did not personally rob this kid. I was there, I did not stop it, and my drinking and my decisions had led me to that point. And I understood that. I got out and I changed my ways. I I focused on becoming a better man. I went for runs and jogs down to the provincial park. I fought against addiction. I went to Atlanta. Um, at the addiction center here in town Of my own accord <clears throat> Worked with her on plans to control my drinking To control my partying To get that under control And then what eventually changed was I met Brittany And we originally hung out as friends We struck it off <clears throat> She was coming from a From a very dark situation herself And we wanted to be better together Her situation with her ex-husband had resulted in the kids, her kids, being taken from his home. They had split up. They were taken from his home as drug dealers and such were hanging out in the house. Um, and we have been trying ever since, the two years since, to try to get them back from child protective custody. And everything we do, everything we do is for those kids. And everything we have done is to get them back. We have not messed up. We have not... Brittany attends every single, every well, before COVID, she attended every single school assembly, every single meeting, every single, and I attended every single one that I was not working for. We've had visits with the kids. They, um, on a consistent basis, they know my parents very well. They call them grand and grandpa. Both her boys call me dad. Her daughter is, um, does not walk or talk. But I look at her as my daughter. She's she's a real joy and a and a true warrior in our lives. And we have done everything in our power to get these kids back. And CPS continues to play games with us, manipulate us, take visits away for things such as the daycare not agreeing with, with um, something that we brought up to their attention. I won't go into too much details about that. <clears throat> but trying to protect our kids has now led to our visits being withheld once again it seems to be their action every time and we have not messed up we have not gotten any criminal charges we are not involved in drugs we are not involved in the heavy party scene when i have drinks i have a couple drinks now and i go to bed i literally i can't even count on one hand the amount of times i've been blackout or even really drunk since Brittany and i got together two years ago we have changed our lives, we have dedicated them to this cause and to, and to getting the rights and freedoms back for everyone in this country and everyone in this province, even those who oppose us. So that's my story. I, I do not come from a perfect background. Anyone wondering? Yes, my background is colorful. I have, I have a criminal record. I have spent time in jail. I have. I have done those things. I am not running from them. And I'm also not ashamed of them, though. They helped in me becoming who I am. And the rebellious spirit that got me into trouble in my younger years
1: <clears throat>
0: has led to me being able to take the reins of a group like this and push us to the point where we have. And I have not done it alone. Don't take that as me being arrogant or, or taking credit for everything. I have a great leadership group around me that we have helped establish of great people who work very hard to set up these rallies and to organize events. And, you know, they, they follow me along on any crazy whim I have. And this group has really helped to save us. We are, we are very appreciative of this group. We are very appreciative of, of where this movement has gone. And I'm, I'm still not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm not going to hide from who I was. I have changed who I am. And even when I was involved in the more criminal aspect of my life, the one thing you will never see from me besides that robbery charge, which I did not personally hurt or, or physically engage with anyone that night. I have had no assault charges. I have, no, I have nothing relating to hurting anyone else other than stealing from liquor stores, which does hurt that business and that business owner. And I apologize for those things. It was young and dumb, but it's inexcusable. <clears throat> but I have never tried to hurt anyone else. I don't go out of my way to hurt anyone else. And now I have the responsibilities of being a stepfather to these kids. They look up to me, and I do not take that responsibility lightly. I have, I have pushed through and fought to become a better person, as has Brittany. We have, we have done extraordinary things in our personal lives because we had to for these kids and because we want to for these kids. We love them. And I can't wait to get them home and have them a part of our family and be a family together. Whenever we're together, we have fantastic times. And they have been a huge blessing in my life that I cannot understate. So, now, as far as the anti-COVID alliance, what are our goals? What what do I intend with this group? Well, right now, the big thing is, these politicians have utterly betrayed us. Okay, COVID-19 has... And now it's listed, and this is from March 2020 until now, 72.3% of all COVID-attributed deaths, as they're called on the AHS website, have three or more serious underlying health conditions. 72.3%. Okay, it works out eventually to about a 99.88% survival rate for all those infected who do not have three or more serious underlying conditions or even two or more, this was one or, or less underlying serious health condition. Those people have a 99.88% survival rate. Okay. That's not, that's not a reason to be quarantining people in hotels, forcing restaurants to take down the contact information of all their guests so that if someone tests positive for COVID, they can trace it back. There is a COVID tracing app that traces the people you've been around that have had COVID. These are not good things, guys. They're using them to quarantine people, sometimes against their will. As we have proven in multiple videos that you can watch and in multiple interviews and people that we have spoken to that have been there. This even happened to a member of my own family. My first cousin, Rebecca, or Becky as I know her, her son was taken after he had just arrived from his Mormon mission. He was snatched from the Calgary airport and taken to a hotel quarantine. His mother was not told where he was taken, was not told why he was taken. She eventually phoned and found out the truth later, but they would not tell her on the spot. Now that is wrong. And as of about a couple of weeks ago, when I first last read the, st- the statistic, about 5,000 Canadians have been held in these quarantines. Some agree to go because they believe that COVID-19 is a threat and they want to do the right thing. So they check themselves into these hotel quarantines or they allow themselves to be quarantined thinking they're doing something for the good of humanity. I I cannot fault those people for that. Some go because it's scary. You have an RCMP officer and an AHS officer coming up to you saying you have to quarantine. How many people, especially a single woman by herself or a young boy at 21 years old like my cousin was, are going to stand up to them and say, no, I'm not going with you and walk away? How many not very many and that's what they count on so while this is happening we have now recently exposed that the hotel quarantine at the knights inn in lethbridge is run and spearheaded by arches which was the safe injection site which was shut down and under investigation of financial fraud for a while We have exposed that in a most in our most recent video called hotel quarantina you can see that on youtube or on facebook it is being shared multiple times and is on our page and our personal pages so my goal with this i mean these politicians are taking an absolute power grab and they are trying to force communism down our throats there's no way there's no way to misinterpret that these are these are insane actions to be taking They're telling people, oh, because of COVID-19, which, by the way, with a 99.88% survival rate, they're telling you that you have to quarantine. They are forcing masks in every store, in every workplace. They are pushing mass vaccinations to an insane level. The things they are doing, guys, are completely wrong. These are not the actions you take for a flu bug with a virus of 99.88%. By the way, if you look up the total influenza cases in alberta this year or even in 2020 for these whole years combined i believe there was one case it was either one or zero influenza cases do you think that's possible honestly or do you think they're logging every single influenza case as a covid case now to keep their mirage of deaths and cases going to keep their numbers going to keep these reasons going to shut down small businesses Joel Mills' gym, Pro Performance, was just, has just recently announced that they're shutting down because Kenny did not open up these small businesses and these gyms as he supposedly was intent to do. He has not done that, and he has finished off a bunch of businesses. As a matter of fact, an estimated 200,000 small businesses in Canada could collapse and probably already have, if not close to that already. Meanwhile, Walmarts have never been shut down. Costco's have never been shut down. Canadian Tire, these big stores that pack hundreds of people in. Sure, they're given, like, occupancy limits, but their occupancy limits are insane. They're insanely high. And the amount of people that are still standing shoulder to shoulder in there, come on. COVID's going to spread easier there than it ever would at Pro Performance Gym, even if this was a deadly virus. And I think you know that's true. So what do we intend to do about it? Well, this group intends at least from some of our perspectives. Now, anyone can jump off the train at any time they want. I I am no dictator. We are not dictating the direction of this group. But my intentions are to take this until this system is cleaned up and taken care of for our kids, or they're going to be left with the same corrupt system with these snakes slithering along in the grass and taking bites out of our ankles and taking little pieces of our freedom, little by little, as their greed grows and grows, That is what they have been doing and many, many, many of them have been exposed as absolutely corrupt to the core. Now my intention is to see that through so they are all forced to step down and we rewrite this political system because it is not working. These people cannot be allowed the kind of power they have had to trample on our rights and freedoms, to shut down our businesses, to force us into economic depression. The things they are doing are absolutely evil. There's no other word for it. And I will not stop, personally, until this system has been rearranged to benefit humanity, to benefit our children and the next generations. I don't think we can. I don't think we can back off. I don't think we can stand down until this has been fixed, or else we're just pushing the the problem onto the next generation and onto our children. And that, to me, is unacceptable. They deserve a better world. They deserve a better childhood than they're getting now with all their sports activities shut down. Not allowed to go over and hang out at friends' houses. This is destroying their childhoods, guys. And we cannot allow politicians to pull this crap again. This needs to be fixed, and this is our chance to fix it once and for all and leave a better world behind. That's what our ancestors endeavored to do. They stood up in World War II and World War I and fought with their lives for the freedom of our country. The least we can do is stand up at rallies, To hold the government and these media accountable for the things they are saying and the lies they are pushing. There are some speaking out, but they are getting absolutely trampled on and silenced by social media and mainstream news networks. We're living in a crazy time right now, guys, and this is global. If you want to know where this is all headed, just look up The Great Reset. Do plenty of research into that. I'm not going to get into it on this episode, although I believe I will on future episodes. Because it is a very important topic and it is a very important thing for people to understand. To understand why we're doing what we're doing and why we have to keep pushing this. And it's going to be uncomfortable for some people. But our intentions are always towards the greater good of humans. We want our citizens, we want our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors and our friends and our families to be free to be free to achieve their own dreams, to chase their own destinies, and to be their own people, and they cannot be that under the system the way these politicians are building it up to be. There is a pyramid of control, people, and we are at the very bottom, with these politicians and these business conglomerates and these giant CEOs sitting at the very top, lording over us all. This, in my opinion, cannot be continued, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that it does not. The thing with anti COVID alliance is we are trying to rise peacefully. We don't want to go, we don't want this to go the violent route, the radical route. We don't want this to go that way. And it doesn't have to. If enough human beings rise up together, stand for each other, and fight together for our freedoms, and we can fight with our voices, we can fight with our actions and our non compliance and our refusal to abide by these insane health restrictions. We need to stand by each other's small businesses. We need to stand by our children and their rights and their freedoms and their ability to have a childhood and have a youth like we had. We need to stand for these things. We need to fight for these things. And we can do it peacefully, but we need to obtain numbers. And that has been our biggest goal and our biggest challenge to overcome. Our last rally had probably 100 people in Tabor and it was incredible. We are making progress, we are exposing the truth We're doing everything we can to try to bring this to a peaceful resolution, but one that works for our kids, one that doesn't just push it off so that they can be taken advantage of the same way that we were. We can leave a better world behind for the future generations, and that is our goal as the Anti-COVID Alliance. It is not for ourselves, it is for the next generations. And that is something that I am prepared to, to do whatever it takes to achieve. The greatest sacrifice sometimes is personal sacrifice to achieve the greater good. And that is what this group is intended for. That is what this group is all about. And I can assure you that the leadership group that we have within the Anti-COVID Alliance are all dedicated to this cause. They are all great people. They are all people willing and able and active and out there and pushing the message and trying to help people and get the truth out because it is being silenced. That is our goal as the Anti-COVID Alliance. And that is my goal with this podcast, Alliance of the Awakened, to help bring the truth out a little bit more at a time. That's why I make videos. That's why I'm writing a book. That's why I'm at rallies and organizing rallies and organizing rally meetups and, and, and joining together as groups and as people. I want to explore as many avenues as I possibly can to try to achieve this for all of us. I need your help, and I know a lot of you have been helping, and I appreciate that more than I can tell you. I hope this has been an informative first episode. It's a little bit short, hopefully for the shorter attention spans, such as mine probably would be. I appreciate you guys listening. For the next episode, I would like to get a few members of our group that got together for the Edmonton Rally, the Alberta-wide rally, February 20th, and tell some of the truths of that event and what took place there. Because there have been a lot of lies and misinformation spread by the mainstream media. The Edmonton Police Service, thankfully, has stepped up and said that there is absolutely no evidence of the supposed racism that the NDP leader, Rachel Notley, and her cronies have been pushing, the mainstream media has been pushing and hinting at. The Edmonton Police Service themselves, who attended that event in droves, which you can watch one of our videos on that as well, they have come forward and said there is no evidence of this and they will not back up these claims without any evidence. And we're... We're deeply grateful for that as well. I will keep you guys updated on everything I can, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for episode two, hopefully next week.